Hello, 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 and welcome to Degree of Difficulty. My name is Aaron Johnson. I appreciate you rocking me wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with your friends, family, and as always, grandmama down the street. In this week's episode, I'm going to take a look at Major League Baseball and their use of miking up players during spring training games. Then I'm going to give my thoughts on the arrest of New York Jets defensive lineman Quentin Williams and where I think the golden boy Tom Brady will end up. But before all of that, I'm going to kick things off with some of this. It's one of those things that never gets old. And every time you think it's going to turn back around, something like this happens. So on Monday night, the New York Knicks beat the Houston Rockets at home at the Garden. It was really their best win of the season. You had a huge game from R.J. Baird, the number three overall pick, tied his rookie career high with 27 points. He hit the game-winning shot. It all in all should have been a great day. Leon Rose was introduced as the new team president. I've already given my thoughts on Rose, but we're going to see how that pans out. But Rose is introduced to the crowd. We're going to see what's going to happen with that. Knicks get a big win. They even introduced Mike Breen, the announcer for not only big NBA games, NBA finals, NBA playoff games for ESPN and ABC, but he's the voice of the New York Knicks on television, him and the Hall of Famer, Walt Clyde Frazier. And they even made acknowledgement to Mike Breen about going into the NBA Hall of Fame this year. So all of this stuff is coming around, and it's looking like the Knicks are having a great day. And then this whole crap, because that's exactly what it is, crap, with James Dolan and superfan Spike Lee. Now, Spike Lee obviously is known for being that Nick fan. He's a huge Nick fan. He's courtside. We've seen the memes. We've seen the arguments. He had that infamous bout with Reggie Miller when Reggie Miller just said some none-too-choice words before dropping like 38 on the Knicks' neck in the second half. Spike Lee is someone that isn't new to some type of Knicks controversy. And we all know about the incompetent owner, James Dolan. Jim Dolan, James Dolan, the most incompetent, worst owner in all of New York sports and possibly all of sports. Dolan is a terrible owner. He's just terrible. But in this situation, I will say this. Dolan isn't completely at fault here. And I'm like grinding my teeth as I'm saying that. Dolan's not in complete fault here. Apparently, this whole thing is about Spike Lee taking the wrong elevator. Spike Lee goes to all the home games. You know, he's a huge courtside fan. You see him on television all the time. And apparently, this is all about him taking an elevator that he was not supposed to take. Now, whether you've told him before, whether Spike decided not to listen, James Dolan is the owner. He owns the team. He owns Madison Square Garden. If you want somebody to not take a particular elevator, they're not supposed to take that particular elevator. Where I think he messed up is James Dolan, all he had to do was send an email. He didn't even have to do it. He didn't even have to send an email, a phone call, a carrier pigeon, a raven. He didn't have to do any of it. He could have got an intern to do it. He could have got he got Leon Rose to do it. He could have got Mike Miller to do it. Hell, he could have gotten R.J. Barrett to do it. Hey, Rook, go do this for me real quick. But instead, he ended up having to make it a huge circus, and Spike Lee's adding the fuel to the fire. He's adding the fuel to the fire, absolutely, going on first take, saying he's being harassed by James Dolan. He doesn't know why. He's not going to another Nick game this year, yada, yada, yada. All it continues to do is make the New York Knicks a laughingstock. That's all it does. It's so hard to just watch the Knicks after an amazing win on the court, after all this you know change coming in with Leon Rose, 
a huge ovation coming in for Mike Breen and all that anyone's going to be talking about from this game. R.J. Barrett has a career game. Only one's going to be talking about is Spike Lee and James Dolan. I'm so tired of it, man. It's so tiresome. Yes, Spike Lee is acting like a spoiled brat, but Spike Lee is the New York Knicks from the fans' perspective. If you're a fan of the New York Knicks, you love Spike Lee. I love Spike Lee. Do I think he's acting like a little spoiled brat here? Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways. Dude, take a different elevator. That's it. Take a different elevator. You're still sitting courtside. You're still spending three hundred. Was it three hundred thousand dollars on the Knicks each year for courtside seats? Like whatever ridiculous number that is. Gonna mess around and go in the debt, trying to go to Knicks games. The Knicks haven't been relevant in like eight years. They haven't been to a playoff game in like eight or nine years. They haven't even won. They've won one playoff series in what like fifteen twenty. I mean. Come on, you're spending $300,000 on the Knicks? Like, come on, bro. I love the Knicks as much as anybody, but, yeah, that's a bit much for me, even if I have the money. But Dolan, man, he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it, the fact that your team and your fan base and all the stuff that comes with it, you are in New York City, my man. You are. You're the mecca of basketball. It's not even a mecca of basketball anymore. It's a title. That's all it is. It's a figurehead. More people come to Madison Square Garden to drop 80 on the Knicks than anywhere else. You'll get somebody coming to Madison Square Garden. No, I don't want to play there. A free agent. I don't want to play there. I don't want to go there for the play for the Knicks. I don't want to do that. I don't want to deal with Dolan. But I come by, I drop 45, 15, and 12 on your head. I, you know, I get my career highlight at Madison Square Garden. I'll do that. The Knicks are a laughing stock, bro. And it never ends. It never ends. He needs to just get rid of the team. I said it. I've said it from for as long as I can remember. Dolan needs to sell the team, not just because he's going to be dealing with guys like Spike Lee, but because these incidences overshadow what happens on the court. And that's the whole reason why we're here. Nobody remembers that game when he threw Charles Oakley out. All they remember is him throwing Charles Oakley out of Madison Square Garden. A beloved Nick, a Nick from the 90s, the enforcer on all those teams during the 90s that did battles with Jordan, that went to the NBA Finals, that were Patrick Ewing's teams. John Starks, Patrick Ewing. You had all these great teams. Pat Riley, Charles Oakley was right in the middle. He's beloved. And nobody remembers about anything about that game. Nobody remembers anything. Nobody remembers Derrick Rose on the Knicks. I had to figure this out looking back on that game. Derrick Rose was on the Knicks. You still had Chris Porzingis. Like, nobody remembers it. The game had to basically come to a stop. It was a nationally televised game. It was on ESPN when it happened. But the only thing anyone remembers about it is that you threw Charles Oakley out of Madison Square Garden. The only thing that anyone's going to remember. No one's going to remember that Mike Breen was going into the Hall of Fame and got announced in front of everyone at Madison Square Garden. No one's going to remember that Leon Rose's first game was a great win over the Houston Rockets, a team that's going to the playoffs in the Western Conference that has Russell Westbrook and has James Harden. No one's going to remember the fact that this was R.J. Bear's potential coming out party, hit the game-winning shot, had 27 points, tied his rookie career high. No one's going to remember those things because all they're going to remember is the bout between Spike Lee. And that has become too much of the norm dealing with the Knicks. It's always, what did Dolan do? Dolan's throwing a fan out. Dolan's throwing Charles Oakley out. Dolan's going after Spike Lee. Dolan's making sure that nobody wants to come there. Like, it's so tiresome. It's so tiresome. 
And this isn't attracting anyone to come play for the New York Knicks. Nobody wants to come and play, no matter if it's Madison Square Garden, no matter if it's New York City, no matter if it's the bright lights of New York. Nobody wants to come and play for a jackass. And that's what Dolan is. I'm sorry. He's a jackass. Nobody wants to play for that. Nobody wants to come in and have to deal with all the outside noise that's going to come to your attention every single time you take the floor. No one is even talking about the basketball game last night. Nobody's talking about the basketball game. The Houston Rockets are a playoff team. They're potentially going to you know, maybe make it to the Western Conference if like somebody blows a leg out or something. They'll make, they're a good team. They're a better team than the Knicks are by a lot, by a whole lot. I frankly don't think they just showed up. I think they – I don't – I got to look at the schedule. Maybe it was like a back-to-back – or maybe they just weren't were tired of traveling from Houston to New York. I don't know what it was. Maybe the stars were aligned. Maybe it was a full moon last night. But the Knicks had no business being in that game, let alone winning it. And you're getting led by your number three overall pick, who's the future of your team. Mitchell Robinson had a great game. You got guys that are playing well, and they win. But nobody's talking about that because your jackass owner has to get into it with your super fan. So now Spike Lee's on national television telling everyone he's being harassed. He's not going to a Nick game for the rest of the year. And how Dolan's sitting back releasing statements. And this is today's news. Not that the Knicks beat the Houston Rockets, but that James Dolan and Spike Lee are beefing. It's just tiresome. Just so tiresome. I think this is going to be my first baseball story, spring training story, without talking about the Houston Astros. But one thing MLB has done over the last couple of days during these spring training games, and to be honest, nobody watches spring training games. I don't even watch spring training games. I'll see a clip or two on social media. Like, admittedly, I just looked at my phone and saw Garrett Cole getting absolutely destroyed by the Detroit Tigers. Let it all out now. I'm perfectly fine. Miguel Cabrera hit two long home runs off of him. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that. You know, it's spring training. It's it's March. Let that happen now. Don't let it happen, you know, six months from now. But I'm okay with it now. But everything has been completely surrounded around Houston, the Astros, the scandal, hitting guys, not hitting guys. Everything's been surrounded by Houston. They've dominated everything that's gone on during spring training. And really, uh, they're probably going to dominate a lot of the early part of the year. But one thing that has really kind of piqued my but one thing that has really piqued my interest that the MLB has at least tried is this whole notion of miking up players. Now, I understand you're miking up players. Every other sport does it. But that's just the thing. Every other sport does it. That's the thing. Every other sport does it. You look at football. Obviously, they got the guys mic'd up. I know. I'm a Jet fan. Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. Ha, 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 ha. But that's what I'm saying. Like You don't get that interaction if you're not mic'd up. As horrible of an interaction as it is, as much as much to do about nothing that it is that people keep continuing to throw in my face like it's the butt fumble. But you only get that kind of interaction because he was mic'd up. You look at NBA. Some of the greatest NBA interactions have come because players are mic'd up. Players are mic'd up or referees are mic'd up. I think about that Rasheed Wallace whack get out during the Western Conference playoffs. And Steve Smith running over. He didn't say nothing. He didn't say nothing. Whack get out. Like, that is hilarious. I love that stuff. And, I mean, so many different interactions, whether it's Allen Iverson having an interaction with someone, whether it's a, a, another player in the NFL having an interaction with each other. Like, being mic'd up 
is another window for the crowd, for the audience, for fans to get a look at how players are. And the best thing about it is these guys are good. Look at all those cubbies that were mic'd up. Chris Bryan and Anthony Rizzo that was mic'd up. And he's making a joke about Houston. And you know, I had to slide Houston in here somehow. But he's making a joke about Houston. And he comes up and he hits the single. He's like, I'm thinking a fastball. And, and then you got the Mets mic'd up with Pete Alonzo talking about why his dog is named Brody instead of Brady. And it has nothing to do with Brody Van Wagner in the Mets GM but everything to do about his fiance or wife being from Boston and every dog from the Boston area being named Brady after of course the golden boy Tom Brady like you don't get those kind of interactions without being mic'd up and while I don't think they can do it in the back and forth you know interviewee style that they do it now during the regular season they can do it a la NFL a la NBA where a player is mic'd up you got them talking you hear what they're saying and then you show it during like a commercial break when you're coming back or something I mean for a product that is suffering in the way that Major League Baseball is when it comes to viewership and when it comes to popularity this is an opportunity that they're not tapping and the only reason why I can think they're not tapping is because it's the old adage, oh, we're baseball. We don't do this. <laughs> like, get out of my face. I, they're already doing a lot better with the, you know, let them play, let them have fun, although they're not going 100%. They're kind of like halfway in, halfway out on that. When a guy hits a three-run home run and flips the bat or something, yeah, you know, he might get a high and tight one instead of getting one in the back next game. So they still police themselves in that way. But this is something that can be fun, something that can be light, something that can go up on social media, something that can draw attention to Major League Baseball, which is a problem that they've had for decades. They are getting absolutely blitzkrieged by every other popular sport because they don't have any interactions. The best player in their sport. Like, let's look, look at it this way. The best player in the NBA, and NBA is a little bit different because everything is so player run in the NBA. I, I understand that. But still, the best player in the NBA is LeBron James, or you could say Kawhi Leonard, or you could say Anthony Davis. You could say, but there's so many faces with the NBA that you can see that person and know who they are. If Steph Curry walks down the street, you're going to know it's Steph Curry. You know, LeBron walks down the street, you're going to know it's LeBron. I get it. Even in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL. Lamar Jackson is the MVP of the NFL. You can take guys from the NFL, J.J. Watt, Aaron Rodgers. These guys are popular. People know who they are. They're in commercials. They're running around and doing it. If Mike Trout walked down the street in the middle of Manhattan in the middle of the day, I guarantee you no more than, mm, I'd say like 15, 20 people would even recognize him. And that's being generous. Mike Trout is by and large the best player in Major League Baseball. Nobody would notice him just walking down the street. Mookie Betts, nobody would notice him. Aaron Judge, the only thing they would notice about Aaron Judge is that he's six foot seven and he's always freaking hurt. Can you tell that I'm upset that Aaron Judge is hurt and not going to start the season? But I mean, baseball has an opportunity here to interact more with not only their fans, but people that aren't their fans. They're doing all these stupid rule changes, thinking, oh, we're going to speed up the game. Oh, we're going to give an opportunity for people that don't watch baseball to come in and watch baseball because we're going to have this cool new playoff system, and we're going to do this. We're gonna do... They're doing so much to change the game when in actuality they only have to do little tweaks like this. Little goes a long way. MLB, a little goes a long way. If you have an opportunity to interact with fans, and that's why I love Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, the shortstop from the Chicago White Sox, he won the batting title last year. He really is, and this is one of the reasons why I love Tim Anderson, he's one of the real stars that's African-American. He's a, one of those real black stars playing Major League Baseball. But even though he's not a household name, Tim Anderson has a very strong presence on social media. 
He does. In the baseball world, people follow him. I follow Tim Anderson on Twitter. I follow him on Instagram. And he's out there. He's posting pictures from spring training. He's posting videos of him hitting. He's posting training stuff. He's posting stuff about his family. He's doing little little music videos and hype videos and stuff like that. He's doing things that a lot of other players either A, don't want to do, or B, they don't know how to do. Some of the flyest dudes in the MLB don't have any kind of social media presence. You're going to tell me Ronald Acuna Jr. and his 18 million chains can't get any kind of social media presence? You're telling me Javi Baez, who's one of the slickest fielding shortstops and one of the best young players in Major League Baseball, can't get any kind of social media presence? Like, I mean, come on. I don't think the MLB understands they have to push this stuff. Every other league is getting it. So why does baseball always have to be so far behind the trends? I don't get it. It seems pretty cut and dry. They have, yes, they have a social media page. Yes, they have a Major League Baseball page. Every team has some type of social media page where they post all this stuff. But there's no interaction. There's no fun. There's no back and forth. There's no, it just, you have to push the players. You have to push the players. You have to put these guys in the spotlight. Like I said, Mike Trout is like by and large the best player in baseball. Like, it's a pretty wide margin how good Mike Trout is compared to the rest of baseball. Not knocking the rest of baseball, but Mike Trout's just that doggone good. I mean, the coolest thing outside of baseball that I've seen Christian Yelich do is chugging beers at a Milwaukee Bucks game with David Bateari of the Green Bay Packers. And half the people didn't even notice Christian Yelich. I remember during All-Star Weekend, Christian Yelich was sitting courtside. And for all the people that are saying, who is Christian Yelich? Christian Yelich is one of the best young baseball players in all of the game. He plays for the Milwaukee Brewers. He won the MVP in 2018. He was an all-star the last two years. He finished second in the MVP voting last year only because he got hurt. I mean, last year, Christian Yelich batted 229, which is better than his MVP season. He hit 44 home runs, which was better than his MVP season. And he drove in 97 runs, which was slightly under his MVP season. Christian Yelich is one of the best players in all of baseball. And Christian Yelich was sitting courtside. Yelich was sitting courtside during the NBA All-Star Saturday. And I remember going on Twitter, a friend of mine saying, I know that's a baseball dude sitting courtside. I have no idea who it is. And I said, I was like, dude, that's Christian Yelich. It's, it's Christian Yelich. He's that good. And yet nobody knows who he is. And the closest thing they have is him chugging a beer next to a Green Bay Packer. And I'll be honest, that was fun. I'm not saying you got to chug a beer every two seconds in MLB social media, but you got to give me something. Do something fun. Do something silly. I mean, even the colleges do funnier things on social media and do more polarizing things on social media than the pros do. You look at the colleges, you can pull up random social media feeds from colleges that are doing, you know, funny after behind the scenes interviews or when a guy's getting interviewed post game and the guys are in the background doing crazy stuff like jousting each other. I mean, one of the first viral videos was of the Harvard baseball team doing the call me maybe dance in the middle of the freaking bus drive. Like... Social media is a platform MLB is doing a horrible job of using. They've dwindled in popularity for several reasons, but they haven't used social media. They haven't been able to put their players out there, put a face to the names. They just haven't. And now you have an opportunity here with using the mic dub. Like I said, I don't think they can do it in the interviewee kind of way they do it now because that's just too distracting. Nobody wants to see that. But if they can figure out a way where a guy's mic'd up, you mic up Anthony Rizzo on a Sunday night baseball game and he's playing first base for the Cubs and the line shot goes down and he makes a crazy play and he's like, Woohoo, I got that one or something crazy or kooky or wonky or something. Anything. 
You can take that run of social media and then just there are so many great interactions in other professional sports. You cannot make me believe that there is no amazing interactions in a professional baseball game. In an MLB game, you can't make me believe that. And I know it's there because we've seen it with these spring training games. Like I said, I just need some more interaction. I need some fire behind the MLB on this situation because I don't want rule changes. Rule changes is going to do anything. The three-pitcher minimum, I've already given my thoughts on that, and it's so stupid, and I don't want that. And you're trying to speed up the game because we need more people here. No. Do more social media stuff, bro. Bring more people in that way. Bring more people in, more viewers, more popularity in the way everybody else is doing it. You're not going to be the NFL because you're not big enough. You're not going to be the NBA because you don't have the star power to push the NBA. I mean, I think you do, but I love baseball, and I know the star power is there, but you don't push the star power. They got to do something. They got to do anything better. And I think it starts with this mic'd up situation. A lot of people will say, oh, well, we can't do it during major league games. But, yes, you can. And so I think it comes down to whether or not they're going to be willing to pull the trigger. But it's fun. And that's something that a lot of people don't think about when they think of baseball. It's fun. So they have an opportunity here. I don't know if they're going to do it. Going by their track record, they're probably not. But, but hey, I'm enjoying Pete Alonzo talk about his dog being named Brody just because you know how I feel about Tom Brady. For anybody that doesn't know me and know where my allegiance lies when it comes to NFL teams, first of all, welcome to Degree of Difficulty because I feel like I might have said something about that every episode. But I am a diehard New York Jets fan. And in being a diehard New York Jets fan, several things come out and you learn several things at a very early age. First of all, you understand that you're not going to win a lot. That's just, you know, the fact of life. It builds character to be a New York Jets fan. And only people that are New York Jets fans can say something as outlandishly ridiculous as that. And mean it, because I mean it every single time I say it. I understand that for my entire lifetime, my team has been awful. You know, with the exception of two AFC Championship games under Rex Ryan and I guess kind of a run with Herm Edwards when we had our quarterback, Chad Pennington, before all the injuries and everything. But this is kind of one of those situations where the Jets just went on and did the Jets. Obviously, it's Friday when I'm doing this segment. And the first thing that came up, the first thing I saw when I woke up, when I opened my big, beautiful eyes, my big, beautiful brown eyes when I woke up this morning and I looked at my phone to see what's going on in the world. I looked on Instagram. I looked on Twitter and I try and get some kind of semblance of what I'm about to get into when I get into work. And I look and the first thing I see is a picture of my team's last first round draft pick, Quentin Williams. I say, all right, cool, Quentin Williams. And then I saw breaking underneath. And my first thought was, as a Jet fan, oh, wow, maybe we restructured his contract. Who was restructuring a, a rookie contract, Aaron? Who was who doing that? Who, who, who does that? And I said, oh, maybe it's something, you know, where they're like, I know they're not trading him for nothing, but maybe they did something. What else could it be but bad news? And guess what I got? I got a big help in the bad news. Quentin Williams. Last year's number three overall pick by the New York Jets. My team, my favorite team, the team I root for, the team I go out there and and get excited for and wear my jersey for and and jump up and down and hooting and hollering for. Quentin Williams was arrested at the airport. First, I saw JFK. Now I'm seeing LaGuardia. I have to double check and see which airport, but a New York airport because he had a gun in his bag. All I can think of is Cat William. Do you know is a gun in this bag? I'm not going to say everything because this is a family-friendly podcast, but do you know... That there is a gun in this bag is all I keep thinking about every time I read it over and over. And I yelled and I woke my girlfriend up and I apologize for that. But it's just 
the season hasn't even gotten here yet, and it's the Jets doing Jets things. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just the Jets doing Jets things. Obviously, it wasn't a Plaxico Burr situation because he didn't, you know, shoot himself or because the, the gun actually was registered to Quentin Williams, but in Alabama. From everything that we've seen since he's been drafted, Quentin Williams is a fun-loving, you know, big teddy bear. And that's kind of what we see, you know, the whole thing where he sneezed, he, he blessed himself, you know, thanked himself and all that stuff. Everything we've seen from Quentin Williams outside of his actual play on the football field has been very lovable. And the reason why I say that, because, you know, he's a rookie, so he didn't have a great season last year. But you look at the people that were drafted before him. You look at the people that are drafted after him, and I'm not one of the people that are going to jump off the Quentin Williams bandwagon. I'm not going to do that. He's young. Quentin Williams is young. It's going to be his second year in the NFL coming up. I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon. But I have to say, when Nick Bosa gets picked ahead of him and Josh Allen gets picked after him, it does not look good for Quentin Williams and the New York Jets. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite radio personalities in New York City, WFAN, Joe Beningo, lifelong Jet fan. And one of the great quotes that he has had has always been, you know, oh, the pain. And that's something that, you know, I'd always say to my friends jokingly, oh, the pain, oh, the pain. But he had another one. And all he said was only the New York Jets could pick fellas from Alabama that can't play. Alabama has guys that come out and are all pros as soon as they walk into the league. Alabama got guys on their bench right now that we have never heard of that are going to end up being all pro NFL players. And yet, the Jets have had the last two Alabama players that they have drafted have been trash. They have been absolute trash. You're going to draft D. Milner, and we all know about D. Milner. If you're a Jet fan, you know about D. Milner. Even if you're not a Jet fan, you know about D. Milner. See, normally I don't like to go on rants about my team. And I know this podcast got two rants about my team. First of all, because the Knicks are just stupid. And Dolan is just an idiot. I can't say that enough. But also just because this is something that I woke up to. And I'll admit that it just bothered me. All day it just bothered me. Because it's like, what is going on with my teams, man? Just what is going on? Why? Why does it have to be this way? It doesn't have to be this way, and yet it is. And yet I've continued to choose to love these teams. You know, I was talking junk about Spike Lee, but now I'm starting to get it, Spike. If I had money like that, I would get season tickets to the Jets. I would get season tickets to the Knicks. And no matter how sorry they are, I would still be there trying to watch these games. What is wrong with us as sports fans? I don't get it. I I wish I could get it, but I don't understand because that's the whole point. It's an emotional attachment that we just do not understand. You know, they said love makes you crazy. They do say that. That is the saying. That is something that people have been known to say, that love makes you crazy. And that's what's happening here. So Quentin Williams has been arrested. I don't know what's going to end up happening with it. Because, like I said, the gun was still registered to him in Alabama. So it's not like he didn't have a registration on the gun or or the gun was stolen or it was wanted in a murder mystery. Because that would have been way too much like the Jets. Truly, that would have been more like New England Patriots, but that's low-hanging fruit. And speaking of the Patriots, I would like to digress into something that a lot of people have been getting on my good last nerve about. Because... Everyone keeps saying, what is Tom Brady going to do? The golden boy, Tom Brady. Now, as I said, I'm a diehard Jet fan. So being a diehard Jet fan, that means that my hatred for Tom Brady knows no bounds. If you know me, you know that my hatred for Tom Brady knows no bounds. I hate Tom Brady more than I believe it is actually correct to hate a human being. I am. I've said this to people all the time. My hatred for Tom Brady really going to have God questioning me after my death. Really? You just I asked you to love everybody, but you 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 had that much hate in your heart for Tom Brady? Oh yes. 
I have that much hate in my heart for Tom Brady. Tom Brady has broken my heart so many times as a New York Jet fan and rubbed the dirt of like all of my tears, the, the dirt soaked tears in my face so many times that I just, I can't. And I, I've always said, my dad grew up a huge Raider fan and he used to always say how much he hated John Elway. I never understood that. I said, how could you hate John Elway? John Elway is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. John Elway is this, John Elway is that, John Elway is this. And then Tom Brady came along and I said, daddy, I get it. I understand. It's, 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 it's just easier. It just makes sense. The heartbreak. You just want to hate a man. You know what I mean? That's that's just all it is. But as much as I hate Tom Brady, as much as I would love Tom Brady to not play for the New England Patriots, I think that if you really think Tom Brady is going to be leaving the New England Patriots, you got to screw loose. I think there's something medically wrong with you that you have to go get checked out for. Why in the world would he leave? Tom Brady really only has another two or three years. I'll just say that. He has two or three years. So why in the world would he leave a team that he has led to the playoffs, a team that he has won every division title since the beginning of time with. A team that he has won, what is it, six Super Bowls with? A coach that he has played under his entire career. What people I don't think understand is, yes, the Patriots had a very lackluster end to their season last year. But the Patriots at the beginning of the season, yeah, they didn't play anybody. But they beat everyone that they played on their schedule. You can't be mad about who's on their schedule. And they won. The Patriots were honestly one bad game in Miami away from having a bye and not having to worry about Tennessee in the first round. And this whole thing being completely different. And obviously, when you look at the Patriots last year, they had no weapons around Tom Brady. They had guys that couldn't get open. They had guys he couldn't get the ball to. There were many issues that were going on. And if you believe that that is not something that is going to get fixed by the New England Patriots this year, you have not been watching football or the New England Patriots for that matter. Tom Brady is somebody that's smart. He is a smart human being. Why would he go to any other team and think he's going to have the same amount of success? I understand being confident in yourself, Tom, but let's let's face it. He's 40 some odd years old. He's already beat Father Time up to this point. You're going to go to a situation where you never played before. You don't know the playbook. You got to learn everything new. It's something that's completely unfamiliar to you. You really think that's going to work out? Because I don't. And that's why I don't think he's going to leave. I think he's going to look around and say, I'm staying here at least for two more years. We can get one more ring. And I absolutely do think they can get another ring, especially, you know, something happens to Patrick Mahomes. They definitely could get another ring. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is their main roadblock. I'm not completely sold on Lamar Jackson in big games just yet. I'm not knocking his performance during the playoffs, but at the same time, you know, I I can't sit here and say, oh, well, absolutely, the Baltimore Ravens are going to be led by Lamar Jackson and going in Foxborough and beating New England. Like, no. I've watched too much football and too much of Tom Brady to believe that. Tom Brady is not going anywhere, people. He's not. He's not going to Tennessee. He's not going to San Diego. He's definitely not going to Las Vegas. What the hell do you think John Gruden's going to be able to do with Tom Brady? Nothing. The Raiders, the Raiders are not getting Tom Brady. That that is just that's the one thing I would put money on that the Raiders are not going to get Tom Brady. I think he's going to finish his career as a Patriot. What is there is no rhyme or reason unless he wants money and he has never in his career said I want more money. He has taken pay cuts just so they are able to pay the players that can come in and help them win and help them win now and help them win championships. And hey, it's kind of paid off. So there's no way that he's leaving. Would I like him to leave? Absolutely. Get him out of my division. Get him out now. I watched that game when I was a young kid. 
I watched that game when Mo Lewis knocked out Drew Bledsoe. I was watching the television. I was watching it in my room. I remember that like it was yesterday. So, yes, I've been here for the whole Tom Brady ride. So why in the world would he leave? There's no rhyme or reason other than, hey, maybe he wants to get paid. But even that doesn't work because at no point has he ever said, I want more money over winning. Tom Brady's trying to get one more championship before he heads out. He understands that Father Tom is on his heels. He understands that the sun is setting over the horizon of his career. Father Tom is undefeated. And just because Tom Brady got him in overtime right now does not mean that Father Tom is going to lose. Tom Brady is going to be done within the next five years. But that doesn't mean he's not going to try and go out winning a couple championships. And the best way to win a couple championships is staying with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Plus, Bob Kraft is never going to let that happen. Bob Kraft will pay him whatever he wants. Bob Kraft will make it work. Bob Kraft will smooth things over with Bill Belichick because he's already done it when he got rid of Jimmy G. Belichick didn't want to get rid of Jimmy G. Bob Kraft looked at Tom Brady and said, you're like a son to me, Tom. You know what? If you don't want to go, we'll figure out something about this whippersnapper Jimmy Garoppolo. And now Jimmy G is out there in San Francisco, and Tom Brady is still in New England, where he shall remain. So miss me with all that Tom Brady's leaving for here. He's leaving for there. He's going to replace Phillip Rivers. Oh, he's going to be in Vegas because the Raiders need a new attraction. No. He's staying in Foxborough. He's going to finish his career in Foxborough. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins one more ring. But he's not going anywhere, people. Well, that's going to be it for me this week. Be on the lookout as we dive into more of the top stories around the sports world coming up next week as we're just three weeks away from the opening day in Major League Baseball. I know I can't wait. Like and follow Degree of Difficulty on Facebook. Just search Degree of Difficulty. And once you've done that, follow Degree of Difficulty on Twitter at Degree of D. Subscribe to Degree of Difficulty wherever you get your podcast. Drop a review, rate five stars, you know, all of that good stuff. Well, until then, have a great weekend, everybody. I'll be back next week to chop it up some more. Peace.